wow, uh, if you feed them, they will come, right? Uh, <laughs> it's great to see you all, it really is. Uh, my name is Dwayne Cross, and I'm the senior pastor with the emphasis on senior uh, at Hope Covenant Church. And uh, this is the fifth year we've done Easter at Tumbleweed Park. And uh, it's becoming quite a tradition for us. We love doing this, and we love having a lot of guests join us. And so welcome to each and every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's try it once again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, Brandon, you got him warmed up. That's awesome. Well, I don't know about you, but guys especially, uh, there's some things I just don't understand, right? Uh, maybe you're like me. Uh, let me give you some examples. Why is it that doctors call what they do practice? Okay, <laughs> I, I don't get that. Or how about this? Why is it that lemon juice is made with artificial flavor and dishwashing liquid is made with real lemons? I've never been able to figure that out. For you financial people, why is it that a person who invests your money is called a broker? That makes no sense at all, right? Why is the time of day with the slowest traffic called rush hour? I will never understand that. Now, why isn't there a mouse flavored cat food, okay? And some of you won't like this. How, why isn't there a dog, a, a cat flavored dog food? Whoa, there we go. Okay, that's just me. And, and why don't you see, ever see a headline, Psychic Wins Lottery? Okay, you, you, never, you, never, see, <laughs> you never see that. And, and why can't women put on their mascara with their mouths closed? <laughs> There's some things I will never understand. Now, here's a question for the day that maybe you don't understand. Two billion people on this planet call themselves Christians or Christ followers. And they call themselves Christians based on one single event. And that event is the resurrection. Here's my question. Why is this such a big deal? I mean, really, why is this such a big deal? I mean, there's got to be a, an if-then kind of relationship, right? If Jesus rose from the dead, then so what? If what Jesus said was true, then so what? If God is alive, is alive then so what? I have a friend of mine who's an agnostic, and I always ask agnostics what that means, and they say it means that we don't really know what we believe. <laughs> and but he's a brilliant guy, a really smart guy, and we were talking about life after death. And so uh, he was kind of saying what he believes, what I believe. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Let's say um, you're right, okay? And uh, there, if you're right, what happens to me when I die? He says, absolutely nothing. If, if I'm right and there's no God, then nothing happens to you. I said, okay, now let's reverse that. What if I'm right and if there is a heaven... If there is a hell, if there is an eternal life, where does that leave you? He said, if you're right, he said, I'm toast. <laughs> he, he understood that. Now, here's the if then that I'd like to share with you this morning. If Jesus rose from the dead, then we can begin again. If Jesus rose from the dead, then we can begin again. When we were kids, we had things called what? Do-overs. Yeah, that's right. And if Jesus really rose from the dead, I believe what that means for us is that we have the opportunity to begin again. 
we can have a do-over. Now, Brandon read the Easter story for you earlier. Let's just review that. So Friday, Good Friday, Jesus was crucified, buried in front of this tomb. They put a giant rock that was about two, over two tons. And then they, put, they posted guards there. And the next morning, the women came to the, to the uh, tomb to pay their respects. And the stone was rolled away. And they went inside the tomb, and no one was in the tomb. And they said, man, what happened? And then two angels appeared to them and said, he is not here, he is risen. That news, in that moment, changed their lives forever. Forever. Now, they told the other disciples, and other disciples were excited about it. Well, I'm not so sure about it. I've got to see him first. Thomas the doubter said, I'm not going to buy this until I actually touch him and see him. But it's kind of exciting to know that maybe Jesus Christ really is alive. So there's another part of that story a little bit later in the Gospel of Luke. And here we have two men walking along about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're a ways away. They haven't heard the news that Jesus is alive and they're walking along, and here's what they're experiencing. They're experiencing defeat. They're experiencing this sense of dread and, oh no, Jesus is dead. What's going to happen to the rest of our lives? They put all of their money, all of their energy, all of their juice in the bucket called Jesus. And if he's dead, what does that mean for us for the rest of our lives? And then as they were walking along, a man came along beside them and fell in step with them, talking to them. What they didn't realize at the time, that it was the resurrected Jesus. Now, how come they didn't recognize him? Well, first of all, he didn't look like a bloody mess like he was on the cross. And somehow, some way, he had this glow about him, but they didn't really know who he was. So he falls in step with them. And, the, and listen to what the Bible says about that. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them, and here's what happened. Jesus sat down at the table with them, taking the bread. He blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. At that moment, <laughs> open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then he disappeared. Back and forth, these two men talked afterwards. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us? on the road as he opened up the scriptures to us? These men who felt dead inside, these men who felt rejected and dejected and lonely inside, they now felt on fire inside because they had been in the very presence of Jesus. Because Christ was alive, they could start their lives over. Because Jesus was alive, they could begin again. They could get a do-over. And that's the message for each and every one of us today. No matter what you've experienced in your life, no matter what sins you've committed, no matter how drastic your life has gone off the rails, here's the message for you. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can begin again. I remember as a boy playing uh, football at Nancy Jane Park on Sunday afternoons. A bunch of us teenagers would gather there and play tackle football. And uh, it was a big park, but there was sprinkler heads and there was concrete abutments and there was ditches. And so we would play football, but every time something went bad, you fell in a ditch or something like that, you would yell out, what? Do-over, okay? And so we had do-overs for, we had sprinkler do-overs. Uh, we, we had uh, falling in a ditch do-overs. And one guy, every time we tackled him, his pants came down. So we had what we called pants do-overs. We, we had do-overs for everything. 
I love that idea of a do-over. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing <laughs> if you and I could have a do-over today? Wouldn't it be wonderful if the things that have happened in our life that haven't gone well, that have not worked out well, if we could have a do-over in those things? I remember when I was a freshman in college, um, uh, in calculus class, uh, there was this girl, I was a very shy 18-year-old. I know you wouldn't believe it now, but I really was. And there was this girl named Jody, and she was, really, she was kind of above my pay grade, but I still thought she was really neat. And uh, she was smart, and she was pretty, and I thought, I am going to ask her out on a date. Now, I wasn't very good at that because I hadn't dated very much, but I went up to her, and I screwed up my courage, and I said, Jody, and she said, Dwayne, how are you? I said, I'm good. And here's what I said. I said, at that moment, my mind just completely blanked, and I said, uh, Jody, uh, do you eat? That's all I had. That's, uh, that was it. And then she said, do I eat? Yeah, I said, do you eat food? She said, yeah. I said, do you like eat food at lunch? And then, I, by then, I totally, I just walked away, you know. I'm, I'm glad you eat food at lunch, you know, so. I don't know however it caught this one, but uh, man, I was smooth in those days. But my, also my freshman year of college, my dad helped me buy this brand new, sweet, 67 Volkswagen Beetle, right? It was awesome, shiny brown, you know, and, and it was, had all the accoutrements of four-track stereo that none of you have ever heard of, and it was just awesome. 50 horsepower, you know, it was, a, it was just a great car. Well, I was so proud of this car, I put on the bumper sticker, uh, a bumper sticker that said, honk if you love Jesus, okay? So for a Christian kid, that's a good thing, right? And so I did, but then I immediately forgot it was on there, right? So I'm driving to San Diego State University in my 1967 not souped up Volkswagen, and I'm driving down the freeway, and some guy comes up behind me and honks his horn, boop, boop, just like that. And I kind of look at him in the mirror, forgetting completely that the bumper sticker's on there. And I look at him, kind of glare at him. He keeps beeping. Finally, I give him the one-fingered salute. <laughs> he pulls up next to the car, and he goes, bumper sticker. Don't you ever wish you could have a do-over? <laughs> I seriously wanted a do-over at that moment. Or maybe things are more serious than that. Mary, maybe your marriage has failed. You have children that have gone off the rails. Uh, you've been fired from your job recently. Or you wake up one morning and you say, my life is just not what I thought it would be. I need a do-over. Is there any way I can get a do-over? Wouldn't it be awesome if I could somehow begin again? Maybe you think that you have sinned big. Well, let me tell you, um, I no stranger to big sins. When I was in 1994, I got involved in addictive gambling. And because of that, I lost much of my church. I lost my standing as a pastor. I lost so much. Thank God I didn't lose my wife, but I lost about everything else. And God said, you still can have a do-over, even if you've sinned big. Or maybe it's not that you've sinned big, but your life just hasn't worked out the way that you wanted to. I had a friend who tried the bar exam six times and never made it. That guy wants a do-over. I wonder if you want a do-over this morning. Listen to what God says in Psalm 19:13. God, clean the slate so that we can start the day fresh. Isn't that a great prayer? David wrote that a notorious sinner, God, clean the slate so that we can start the day fresh. Well, here's the good news. On April 5th, 2015, Easter morning at Tumbleweed Park, 
God allows do-overs, and you can have a do-over if you choose today. So how do we do that? Well, the two followers of Jesus, even though their lives seemed to be dead, when they recognized he was resurrected from the dead, they said, we can start again. No matter how we failed in the past, no matter how we've not believed in the past, we can start again. And, and really, the text talks about a couple of things that we can do today that you and I can do to begin again, to have that do-over. The first thing is this, and it's real simple. Ask God for another chance. Sometimes we forget the, the most profound things are the simplest things. Ask God for another chance. Here's the good news. He is waiting to be asked. He wants to give you another chance. Why don't you just ask? Well, some of you say, well, because you don't know how big my sin is. You think your sin of gambling, addictive gambling is big? Well, mine's even bigger than that. There's this wonderful... Um, um, Chinese theologian by the name of Watchman Nee. Uh, he was writing books back in the 1930s, you know, about 80 years ago. And Watchman Nee wrote a book called The Normal Christian Life. And in that book, here's what he says about your gigantic sins. And as I look out there, I can see some of you have really done some doozies, okay? I can see that. So your, here's what he says about your gigantic. How dare you believe that your sins are greater than the blood of Jesus? How dare you believe that something you have done cannot be covered by the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. Listen, you can begin again. And it starts with simply asking, Lord Jesus, help me. Help me. I desire a second chance. The Bible says that we have a new chance every morning. That his mercies never end. That is the message for you and for me today. The resurrection means that you can begin again. You can be forgiven of your sins today. The second step in beginning again is this, is that we can grow from our past mistakes. The Bible is full of people <laughs> who made mistakes. In fact, there's a sign out in front of our church, if you've never been to our church at uh, 202 and, and, uh, and Dobson, uh, the sign that says, no perfect people allowed. So here's my first opportunity to invite you to join us at church next Sunday, 9 and 1045, but you can't come if you're perfect, Okay. So don't even bother. Go to another church. No, you can't do that because they're not perfect either. Okay, so no perfect people allowed. We've got to grow from our past mistakes. Let's give an example. Moses. The, the Ten Commandments, Moses, right? The, the parting the Red Sea, Moses. This guy made excuses like he said, God, you want me to deliver the children of Israel, but I can't even talk. God said, that's so lame. I need you to do it anyway. How about David? The uh, David and Goliath, David, right? The uh, David and King David, the David and sinned with Bathsheba, David. The Bible says that his life was so broken that he was confronted by a priest, Nathan, that said, you're the guy that's causing all the trouble. David, in the New Testament, we have the story of Peter. Peter was right in the middle of this resurrection story. Remember Peter, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, it was Peter that three times denied that he even knew Christ. Three times. Later, Jesus gave him a chance to reclaim his love for Christ and to confess, and Jesus blessed him. All of these mistakes were turned into milestones for all of these people in the Bible, and it can happen for you. You grow from your past mistakes, and there's one last thing you can do. Here's the thing that you need to do, and it's this. We need to begin aligning our lives with God's purposes. Aligning our lives with God's purposes. We ask for another chance we grow from our past mistakes, and we align our lives with God's purposes. Some of you might ask, well, 
how's my life gotten out of alignment? Well, we lived in Minnesota for 10 years. So if you know anything about the Midwest, especially the upper Midwest, and those ungodly winters they have, um, the, 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 the roads basically groan and moan, and then they crack in the spring. And there's potholes everywhere. We had a guy in our church that owned a, a car shop, and he said, potholes in Minnesota have made me rich. Because <laughs> you're all driving around like this, you know, in your car. And the, it's out of alignment. We need to have our, li our lives realigned. Because our past mistakes, our sins, our brokenness, our fear, our loneliness, our hopelessness are the potholes of our lives. And they will always put us out of alignment with God. Always. When I was gambling, I couldn't pray. I couldn't read my Bible. Now, I kept being a pastor because I kept all this secret. I kept being a pastor because I needed a paycheck, not because I really wanted to. But I did all of these things in secret. My life was filled with potholes, and it kept me from God. It kept me from knowing and experiencing God's love. My true north was completely messed up. And then I prayed, Lord, I need to be aligned with you again. I was listening to the radio when I was working a secular job, and the radio, the song said that the rivers of mercy and the oceans of grace are yours. And I said, God, I want to be aligned with your purposes once again. I know I failed you. I probably failed you bigger than anybody else in the history of mankind. But I want my life to be aligned with your purposes. And God said, listen, I'll give you a do-over again because his mercies are new every day. Well, how do I get aligned? The Bible says in Proverbs 28, people who cover over their sins will not prosper. If you're living in secrets and darkness, you will not prosper. But if they confess and forsake them, they will receive mercy. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To get realigned with God we have to ask him once again to allow our lives to be aligned with his purposes. Now that passage that I just read from Proverbs 28, there's two words there. The two words are confess and forsake. Confess means to say, God, I'm sorry, I blew it. Will you forgive me? And he's always waiting there to forgive you. And the word forsake, what the word forsake means is to literally turn around. It means, okay, I was going in this direction. It wasn't working. My life wasn't working. I'm going to turn around and go in this direction. I'm going to go in a new direction. God says, if you do those two things, you will start realigning your lives with God through Jesus Christ. You say, well, how can I do that? Let me give you one simple verse. The Bible says, draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. Draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. Now, some of you today maybe aren't churchgoers, you're not Bible people. You're here as our guests, and we thank you for being here. But let me tell you what that verse means literally. It means that if you take one tiny, small, infinitesimal millimeter of a step towards God, just begin to move your foot, God will rush towards you and love you and forgive you and grant you mercy. If you just give one tiny little step towards Him, He will rush towards you. That's how much He loves you. Draw close to God and He will draw close to you. Listen, today, maybe you're here today because you're discouraged because of your past sin or because you know you've messed up. You've got potholes in your lives. And maybe there's even a recent failure, a recent financial mess, or a recent marriage failure, whatever it is. God's word for you today, just like the men on the road to Emmaus, to Emmaus, you can begin again. Feel that. You can begin 
again. You can once again feel the fire in your soul like those two men felt. They felt dead and lifeless, but now they felt fire again because they were alive, because Jesus Christ was alive. Ask God for a second chance. Realign with his purposes for your life. When Jesus was carrying the cross up to Golgotha and people were spitting on him and they were throwing stones at him and he was scarred from his scourging and all of these things, when he was carrying that cross, at one point when he was carrying the cross, he yelled at the top of his lungs, I will make all things new. That was his promise. And that means you and me. I will make all things new. Not just the world, the heavens and the earth, but every single person who bends a knee to Jesus and says, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want to be saved like Fran was talking about. I will make all things new. The Bible says anyone united with Christ gets a fresh start, is created brand new. Okay, I, I, I confess I'm an old rocker. Uh, I uh, grew up in the 60s and 70s, and so I've got that chip inside of me. And one of the groups that I used to love, in fact, uh, there, Sherry and I uh, fell in love with the song when we were going together in 1970. Anybody remember the Moody Blues? Yeah, they're making a comeback because they're all 70 and they're out of drugs, okay? So <laughs> all these groups do the same thing, right? But the Moody Blues wrote a, a song in April of 1970 called Question. Listen to what they wrote in that song. Why do we never get an answer when we're knocking at the door? With a thousand million questions, about hate and death and war. Because when we stop to look around us, there is nothing that we need in a world of persecution that is burning in its greed. Why do we never get an answer when we're knocking at the door? And then a stanza later, here's what uh, the author writes. I'm looking for someone to change my life. I'm looking for a miracle in my life. Well, Moody Blues and people on Easter Sunday 2015... There's someone that can change your life today. His name is Jesus Christ. He was raised from the dead, and he has the power to give you a do-over. Would you please bow your heads with me? Every head bowed just for a moment, and I closed. And I just want to lead you in a prayer this morning. First of all, I want to, uh, those of you who are Christ followers and maybe have fallen upon some potholes and some difficult times, maybe you need to realign your life, I, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Don't pray it out loud, but just in the quietness of your own heart. God, I, I want to begin again. I ask you for another chance. I desire to align my life with your purposes. I want to draw near to you, and I want to never, ever be the same. In Isaiah 54, 7, it says, with deep love, I welcome you back. That's God's word to you, those who are Christians that are asking him to just want to get back with him, realign your lives. Now, for those of you who are here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you're far, far away from God, far away from the church, whatever your situation is, I want you to just open your heart and invite Jesus into your life today. You can begin again. You can begin brand new. You can have a do-over in your life. And it begins right now by simply saying this simple prayer. And again, don't say it out loud, just in the privacy of your own heart. Pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I want to be forgiven and begin again. I need a do-over. I believe that you died for my sins. And I want to turn towards you. I now invite you into my life. I trust you as my Savior and Lord. I draw near to you and thank you for drawing near to me. 
And Lord, thank you for allowing me to begin again. And I pray this in Jesus' name with your heads still bowed and your eyes closed. If you prayed that second prayer, a prayer to know Jesus for the first time, I would love to know that so that I can pray for you. No one else is looking around, so it's just privacy. But when you raise your hand in just a moment and say, yes, I prayed that prayer, I would just love you to look up at me and make eye contact so that I can see you and acknowledge you. If you prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand right up right now? Just right all over the place. Yes, God bless you, honey. Yes, back there, God bless you. Yes, hon, God bless you. Yes, right there, son. Others, yes, a lot in the back there. God bless you, sir. Yes, yes. I see those hands. God bless you. I see that. I see. God sees you. I see you. Yes, God bless you, sir. Others, God bless you, son. Right here, honey. Any others? Thank you. Right here, I see that hand. Father, what a joy it is to be your children. And today, Father, on Easter morning, we have witnessed uh, dozens of people who have been resurrected to new life, not because they've done anything good, but because they have simply said yes to Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your great mercy, and thank you for these new people who have come into the kingdom of God. And may you bless them and seal their faith today on Easter Sunday. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people together said, Amen.